Facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good day, everyone, and it's Wednesday, and it's time to once again take the helm with our guest, Violet Dietrich. She is spreading hope to everyone right now. She's an author, a speaker, a show host with lived experiences. So welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm so excited to be here. So let's talk, let's go back to those experiences that have taken you to where you are today. You um, survived multiple suicide attempts. Um, I don't want to take you back to that time, but it's important, I think, to relive that experience in whatever way that you can to help viewers understand and listeners understand the path that you took to healing and where you are today. Yeah, well, um, it could be a long list of things that I could mention that sort of put me in that position, or actually, now that I realize it was me putting myself in that position, but back then I thought it was these things. I was blaming a lot of outside forces. Uh, I was molested when I was young, about five years old. I had health issues because of that. I didn't know how to deal with those emotions. I built walls. Mm. So not, not real walls, but of course in my mind, I was like, I need to protect myself. So I, I kept people at bay, but in protecting myself from all this perceived pain, I also did not allow joy to come in fully. I didn't allow the good things to come in fully. So it, it was kind of an overprotection. And, you know, then I started getting anxiety as well and walking in fear. Where I found safety was in school. Mm. But outside of school, when I graduated, it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have the, the guidelines. I don't have the, you know how in school they tell you, well, you go to this class, you go to that class, <laughs> then you do this homework and this is your grade. It's all laid out for you in a very nice little routine. Yes. <laughs> but once I was out of school, uh, you know, I was like, well, what do I do now? And I couldn't hold a stable job because of health issues. And then one of the big things that happened in my life is we went to a church that had a big belief and also we saw miracles happen. People's ears got opened, you know, people's legs grew out. So um, my grandfather was very ill, although I didn't know how ill he was, but I prayed for him and I felt the peace. I felt God was telling me, oh, he's going to be okay. But a few days later, he passed away. I felt betrayed by God. I was like, you know, God, you promised all these things in the Bible. Why am I not seeing them in my life? And now you could have told me, go visit your grandfather right away and go tell him goodbye. But instead, you know, what I thought I heard from God was he, he's fine. He's healed. And so I felt like basically he lied to me and I'm like, are you even there for me? Because nothing's working. Nothing seems to be going my way. 
So thing after thing after thing that happened um, just really got me in a, in a dark place. And one of the things that we talked about, Lynn, you know, before this episode is that I put myself in this mental prison because that's hugely what it is. It's a battlefield of the mind. I was believing people didn't love me. I was believing because I didn't bring income that I was worth nothing. I was believing that I was a huge burden because I basically lived at the hospital. Doctors didn't know what was wrong with me. Now they, you know, now they were able to pinpoint it when I found a naturopathic doctor, but I was in pain. I had, I had brain fog um, so bad that I couldn't remember what had happened the day prior. So all of these different things, I felt destitute you know, I felt worthless. I felt like I was a burden. If I pass away, at least my husband will have the life insurance. And yeah, it was about 10 years ago that if my husband wouldn't have come home earlier than I had expected, uh, because I, I thought I had it all planned out. Since I had tried multiple times before, I said, okay, since that didn't work, let me try this. You know, I have these strong pills here and let me take this so I won't be afraid and let me take sleeping pills so that I'll just sleep it away and I won't, you know, I'll just wake up in heaven. That, that was my thing. It just got so painful emotionally and physically that I said, let this pain end. Let me skip this part living on earth and just go straight to heaven. So I prayed. I said, God, I'll see you in a little bit. And I took my toxic cocktail. But at that, you know, my husband, he, I, of course, I don't know what happened, but he tells me that he came home and he found me on the living room floor with my skin grayish and my life was almost drained out of me. I was totally unconscious, but he touched me and I already felt like I was gone. But they rushed me to the ER and they saved my life. Violet, I, I have so many things rolling through my mind. I mean, it's very hard for me to imagine where you were, but I know a lot of listeners have been in a similar place and have found a way through. And God bless your husband for being there. There was a reason that that happened in the moment and it did. And there's a reason that you're with us today. Was that the turning point where you said, and, and you also described it to me when we had our, our previous uh, conversation, you were lying to yourself for all of those years, telling yourselves lies, yourself lies that you believed that you believed that you took in built this bubble around you so you didn't see another option yeah and like i like i say is it was a lot of battlefield of the mind and i was helping you know i'm i'm a christian so i believe in god and jesus and the enemy and the enemy was putting these things in my mind for example that god had abandoned me you know, God was not for me, that nobody loved me. Who, where did I get that from? My family loved me. They always supported me. Every time I called them and I needed anything, they would be there for me. My husband, he took care of all the household duties because I couldn't. And he did it because he loved me. I had a church that I could turn to, but it is such a huge lie and I gave into it. And then and when you I wouldn't, didn't, you didn't see the alternatives. You didn't see the possible solutions because you were, you were so in a, in such a dark place. 
And I, I put myself there because if I really had listened to God and read the Bible, I would have seen his great, abundant, amazing love and grace, which is one of the things that has set me free. So let's go back to that time because you're in the hospital. Your life has been saved. Take us from that point forward. Was that the change agent? Was that what had to happen to help you move forward? Well, you know, when you try something over and over again, you feel like, okay, this is not going to work. So let me try something else. And so I had to make a choice, you know, do I try hurting myself again? And then I'm risking doing something irreparable to my body. Like I could turn myself into a vegetable. That's even worse. True. So I said, okay, God, let's try this again. I don't know what I'm going to do. I still have all these issues that I'm facing, but I kind of went through a midlife crisis or maybe the midlife crisis extended <laughs> the period of time it extended. And I was hanging out with, um, you know, some women going out and drinking and dancing and, you know, I was still struggling, but I was trying to find something to grab onto. And what I found with, you know, hanging out with these women, with, you know, going to different places, traveling, even without my husband, was I found a little bit of joy. Mm. You know, I was able, you know, to dance and I'm, oh my goodness, what is this feeling I'm feeling? This feels good. So maybe I want more of this feeling. And, you know, some of my friends, they tell me, you know, God wants you holy, not happy. I totally disagree. And that's why I say I'm a happiness advocate because being happy, being joyful is another thing that helped me to break free from that depression because my brain noticed it, you know, Oh, when you think bad thoughts, when you, when you're critical about yourself, when you beat yourself up after you've done something wrong, you feel terrible. When you're angry, you feel terrible. Oh, but when you're happy, when you go to the beach, when you're hanging out with cool friends, when people aren't judging you, when you're not judging others, people are more accepting of you or judging yourself. And you put yourself in that spiral. If you're, if you're in a negative place and you're surround yourself by negative and you surround yourself, I'm going to say that because I go back to what we can do for ourselves. You're in that spiral or you're on that treadmill and it's really hard to get off that treadmill. The domino effect, it's just one negative, 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 negative. And I love the way you described it. Um, taking a baby step, whatever that might be, hanging with friends, going for a walk, doing something that's going to be meaningful to you to start to give you that level of joy. Um, that was the change agent for you. And, and I think though, it, there are many people who are in the position that you are right now. They're right on the ledge. They're not sure what they're going to do. And a little bit of hope gets them to the next place, right? Hope makes all the difference. And that was one of the things that takes me to the brink. When I see everything as hopeless, that's when my mind goes to, this is the only resort I can go to. But if there's a glimmer of hope, yeah. then you, you will live till the next day. You'll want to live one more day. And after you live one more day, then it just grows from there. Now you now are, um, well, let's talk about a few things because you co-authored a book called uh, Ready, Set, Go with Brian Tracy. Let, let's talk about your book. Yes. And for those people that are watching on video, I'm holding it up right now. 
Uh, it's actually 30 different authors that are sharing their success secrets. And, you know, there was a company that reached out to me and said, you have some things to share with the world that can help them. Everybody has a story that can help other people. Um, because I didn't feel successful at that time. I was just recovering from, uh, you know, all those health issues mm -hmm. and I was still struggling. But I did have this story of how with experiencing joy and implementing what I call joy strategies that I had gone through a huge period. Now it's been 12 years that I live a more joy-filled life. I don't take prescription antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And what I do is, you know, I just practice joy. So I told my story, you know, kind of like I said here and things, things that I practice, like uh, I have a joy alarm every day to remind myself, what have you done today that brings you joy? Mm -hmm. Another thing was I watched funny shows, you know, they, they were wholesome shows and also, you renew in your mind, thinking those positive things over and over, strengthening the positive muscle. And one way that I explain it, I don't know, Lynn, if you've heard of this um, Indian proverb that there's a, a bad wolf and a good wolf fighting inside of us, who's going to win? Well, I say there's a negative wolf and a positive wolf. Yeah, and which one is going to win? the one that you feed. So feed that positive wolf. So my mission is to help people make conscious and positive choices. And what you said about choosing to watch shows that feed that positive wolf, let's just say that. I have taken Facebook off of my phone. I'm only checking it once a day. I intentionally do not listen to the news, um, quite frankly, maybe once or twice a week, or I seek out the information that I specifically want because that in itself can pull us into such a negative place. It's really hard to get out, getting caught up in politics and things like that. So I want to go back to what you said about making conscious and positive choices about what we take in for our souls and our being like you're doing. Yes. And that's one of the things that I did uh, when I started feeling more joyful. And when I, when I saw the huge difference, it was night and day, how I felt when I was in a negative state, how I felt yeah. when I was in a positive state. So I started making those conscious choices of uh, and I think I overdid it because I would even tell my husband, don't tell me anything negative at all. I don't want to hear it. Right. I, I, you know, turn things off, but then I throw the baby out with the bath water. So now, now I'm working on, you know, balancing it out a little bit, being able to um, reject those negative things, reject those things that I don't want into, you know, to bring in, grab a hold into my life, you know, even during a service, people that are preaching over a pulpit, we have to discern and we have to see, oh, is this really what the Bible says? Is this really what God is telling me? Because right. sometimes people will speak things over you and mm -hmm. you don't want to take that on. You yeah. want to make sure to be Teflon to those things, but then also be receive good things. Mm -hmm. I, I want to help I w I'd like to better understand. So you went from a place and I may have the, I might have the timelines wrong here, but you were an antidepressants. You had multiple suicide attempts. You were physically not well to a place where you're, you're physically doing very, very well. You're an emotionally in a great uh, spot. 
changing that mindset, what else helped you? Was that all, and I don't mean all because I don't want to minimize it. It took a lot of time, but changing your mindset, the way you were thinking in a positive way allowed you to put aside antidepressants and diagnoses of things like borderline personality disorder? Yeah, uh, actually they did diagnose me with borderline um, disorder, Mm -hmm. but um, it was interesting that even though the doctors had this bad prognosis over me, that now I don't even see myself as that other person anymore. And people that see me now, they can't imagine how I was anymore. Um, But other things that I do is that we actually go on vacation when we want to. We take Mm -hmm. walks. You know, God put in us these uh, happy hormones, (laughs) oxytocin, serotonin. You know, I don't have a medical degree or know all these terms, but I see all of these things and proof that we have joy that we can access in us. And, you know, whatever you believe, you know, I believe strongly in the Bible. I've been hearing from God about, you know, how he loves me unconditionally. And it's whether I do, you know, what he tells me to do, whether I don't do anything at all, he loves me unconditionally. So that performance thing, I had to get over that. I had to get over, over perfectionism. And just do it anyway. Done is better than perfect. I respect your very strong uh, faith, Violet. And I think each one of us can can find our own way and our own path and whatever that means as Christians, as spiritual beings, as believing in, in a higher deity, whatever that might be. But having a moral compass, right, is, is critically important. And I asked the question about the diagnosis of the mental illness because we're not defined by any of those things. We're not defined by a name, by a diagnosis, by um, our, our past. It certainly has helped us to get to where we are today, but we can get beyond those things with intervention, supports, with faith, with finding the way that works for each of us, right? Well, Lynn, that's a very good point that you're bringing up because what does define us is what, be, what we believe about ourselves. Yeah, exactly. So how we see yeah. ourselves. So that's what we have to be careful do you want, do I want to call myself a failure? Do I want to call myself whatever diagnosis the doctor gave me? You know, people say that there are facts, facts, quote unquote facts, but what's the truth behind that? Mm, And, you know, if you don't believe in, in God, you know, the creator, um, Tony Robbins also tells you to stand in your ideal state. Yes. And I've seen this you know, my husband and I, okay, you know, we're Christians, but we get into some strong fellowshipping, which is another word for arguments. <laughs> oh, I've not heard that expression before. Okay. <laughs> Fellowship being, okay. <laughs> yeah, but one time we were on a walk and I was upset at my husband because of something. And, but then I saw this beautiful ornament out, outside of somebody's house. And in a second, my state changed. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, this is so powerful. You can make a choice. Being joyful, being happy is a choice. And you can be in a state of, you know, negative state, or you can choose to be in a positive state. It's up to you. All right. So let's talk about some other things that people can get from you or be involved with that will help them get to where you are today. You have a summit with lifetime access. First of all, tell us what that summit is. What's it called? 
And then what can people expect if they go take a look at that site? Yes, well, last year in November, I was led to do a Christian Suicide Prevention Summit because right now we were in a pandemic all of last year. Mm-hmm. The holidays were coming up and probably like me, a lot of other people get even more emotional during Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. That's right. Yeah. And I said, we need to do something about this. So I made the call. I called Joyce Meyer. I called her daughter. I called Marilyn Hickey. I called her daughter. And some huge influencers volunteered that their time came in and wanted to just get together, collaborate, and support those Christians who were experiencing uh, suicidal ideation or even just depressed, you know, because we want to prevent it. We want to start before it gets to that point of no return. Proactive. Let's be proactive. Yeah, exactly. And Tom Ziegler is one of the speakers as well. Ben Corson, so many great speakers that were on there to encourage people, um, to encourage Christians mainly, but of course, you know, anybody can get a a benefit out of it. We had some counselors on there. Um, it, It was a whole variety of different people, but mainly to try to prevent those things that whatever is underlying so that we can be proactive and actually nip it in the bud before it gets too far ahead. And so what's the name of the summit and where can we find it? The name of the summit is Christian Suicide Prevention Summit. And you can go to my website, violetdtree.com. We have some links there uh, where you can access it or Lynn, um, I can also give you a link, but lifetime access, it's $97 for that so that you can have it and watch it at your leisure. It's, about 30 speakers that we have on. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes, of course. Now, you also have a show called Success Path. It's a Christian business owner show. Uh, And I think you've got about 15 episodes or so now. So what can we expect if we tune into that or subscribe? Yeah, the Success Path show, that one started because I have two sets of friends. I have one set of friends that are doing seven or eight figures. And, you know, even through the pandemic, some people were homeless doing multiple six figures. But then I have another set of friends that they feel like they failed. They put all their heart into it. They put money, energy. Now they're in debt, falling into depression and be tempted by former addictions. And both of my set of friends are Christians. So I believe that we have it in us to succeed. So I said, why don't we get those successful business owners to come and share what they did to encourage the other people to keep following their dreams, to pick up the pieces and to just do whatever God has called them to do. Okay. So you are spreading joy to people in a number of ways that we can find you. We can access your book. We can look at your website. What other things do you offer? Well, uh, I'm also a speaker. If anybody out there thinks that this story will be able to bring some hope to anybody, if I can bring encouragement to anybody, I try to be an open book and be transparent. Uh, Whatever questions that anybody has, please reach out to me and I'll be happy to either get on a stage or provide you resources because I'm not a professional counselor. So uh, we want to make sure that, of course, if anybody is in crisis right now, they reach out to like the suicide prevention hotline or something like that. Um, But I just go for my personal experience and uh, 
yeah, I'll be happy to share. Yeah, I, I want to share something that I've created on my webpage because the last book I wrote called Jackson was about uh, mental illness and a family and a mother and a son really struggling to to save him, basically. Um, and as a result of that book, I've created a link on my website, Mental Health Resources, and I've gathered things from around the world. If you need a crisis hotline anywhere in the world, the link is on my website. I found those things. And some really critical resources, a lot of them in Canada, but I've also created a page for the United States, the United Kingdom, and then suicide hotlines around the world. Just go to lynnmclaughlin.com and look for Mental Health Resources. And with that, Violet, do you have any closing comments you'd like to make? Sure. Um, if anybody's out there, if you're feeling any sort of depression that you've been in for too long, reach out. We need to end the stigma. We need to talk about these things. And don't believe the lies. People do care about you. There are people out there that care about you. Pick up the phone, call someone, call the hotlines. There is hope. And, you know, just live your life. You're worth it. And maybe there's a sign right in front of you that you can start to see if you change that way of thinking to looking for those things that bring you hope. Thanks, Lynn, for having me today. I really had a great time. I appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty in, in helping people uh, not get close to that ledge, right? We want to get them, we want to get people so they don't even go near it. And I appreciate you being with us today, Violet. Thank you. Have a healthy and safe week, everyone. And next week, we're going to be meeting Jude Sandville. He is the divorced advocate. See you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.